Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, good morning and welcome to Hardline, just 48 hours before the election. And what a year it's been for politics. And uh, oh, yeah, there's that pesky pandemic, too. It's Brenda Alacy along with you for the next two hours. I welcome your calls at 803-0930 and your texts at the same number on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 716-803-0930. My co-host Joe Beamer is off this weekend, so uh, we will be busy nonetheless Let me tell you who we've got on. We've got a packed show. We've got a balanced show. Coming up in just a moment, Erie County Democratic Committee Chairman Jeremy Zellner will join us. And uh, Jeremy will also talk about the the voting, the early voting, because he is the co-chair of the Board of Elections as well. And then at 1030, former Assemblyman and current Vice Chairman of the Erie County Republican Committee, Ray Walter, will join us. At 11 o'clock, political strategist Carol Calabrese. And rounding out the show at 11.30, Kevin Hardwick, the Erie County legislator and professor at Canisius College. So your calls, texts are welcome. Certainly, uh, we'll take a deep dive into the political waters here with just two days before the election. By the way, how's everybody doing? You set your clocks back an hour. You know, I know we've got that, uh, we've got to deal with that depressing darkness now by late afternoon. Uh, and that all comes on top of a very contentious election season and the COVID area, uh, era that we're in. How are you dealing with the time change? Text me, I'd be curious, 716-803-0930. I try to get up a little earlier just to uh, feel more sunshine and try to get outside every day and walk even if the weather's not great. I saw a funny post uh, that said the last thing we need is another hour of 2020, amen. Well, let's, uh, without further ado, welcome our first guest, Jeremy Zellner, who is the Erie County Democratic Committee Chair. Good morning, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me again this week. Good morning, Brenda, absolutely. How are you dealing with the uh, time change? I imagine with the hectic schedule you've maintained with early voting and everything else going on, maybe that extra hour of sleep was welcome. It was it was a nice shot in the arm, I'm sure, for my staff and myself. Everybody's working very hard. These are really difficult circumstances. Um, and, uh, you know, we're doing a great job at the Board of Elections and at the Democratic Party. 
Well, it certainly uh, has not stopped people from coming out, whether it's chilly, cold, rainy weather, or just uh, you know the desire not to have to stay on the line for hours. But it's still, people are coming out in droves. Uh, tell us, uh, since we talked to you last week, how did this past week go? You know, it went great, Brenda. We had, uh, I think, four or five straight days of 20,000-plus voters each day. Um, as of last night, we have more than 151,000 early votes um, with, you know, probably around 73,000 absentees in. With our tur- That gets our turnout uh, to, at this point at 32% of the voters in the county have already made their voice heard. So we've had a huge week of uh, voting here in Erie County. Is it fair to say, Jeremy, that this exceeded your expectations? You know, I think so. Um, there's a lot. We've had a lot of positive uh, people in line. We've had very few issues at all. Um, everyone's being safe. Everyone's wearing masks. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just really happy that that is the case, that we do have a lot of lines. But it is kind of shocking that people are taking advantage of something that's only been done for one year before this year. And they're going everywhere. A lot of the locations have seen a little bit of an uptick once the word got out that you don't have to vote at your normal uh, in your town. You can go to any location throughout the county. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking to somebody earlier this week about that. And there was some debate about whether that that would uh, create some security issues. Uh, Is that the case, Jeremy? I mean, how do you if I go to Marilla, for instance, and I live in Williamsville, how am I uh, able to vote in the right district, for instance? Well, we are all connected uh, through the early voting process with our uh, mainframe, our servers. And, you know, I don't know all the technical data, but I can tell you that we have a really secure line that is with the federal government that that all the information. If someone comes to vote in Marilla, then they'll know about that in the city of Tonawanda. If someone comes to vote in Grand Island, they'll know about that in Clarence so that you can't do it multiple times. I guess that's uh, that's the whole point. I mean, it's well, you want to make sure there's no fraud being committed. Now, today it's a rainy, windy day, uh, and voting is open from noon until 6 p.m., correct? Right. So people can get out before the game or uh, come in right after the game. If they get in line by 6, they'll be able to still vote. Um, I don't know if it's going to continue raining all day, but... You know, I'm not so sure there are too many people left that are out there that do need to get out an early. (laughs) There's been so many of them, Brenda. I would predict that uh, from noon to one, it's going to be very busy, Jeremy, because everybody want to kind of get stuff done before the Bills game. Uh, But I have to tell you about my experience. Uh, Last Tuesday night, uh, my husband and I went to vote at the Amherst uh, Senior Center, and there was, uh, and no surprise to you, I'm sure, uh, just an enormous line snaking around that uh, parking lot and into, um, into the voting area. Once you got into the, the, uh, you know, the facility, it moved very quickly. It was very efficiently done. Everybody seemed to be at the top of their game. And we stood outside for a long time. It was chilly. Uh, you know, good thing we were wearing our winter clothes because it, w- it was definitely a damp chill in the air. And it was raining the whole time. But everybody stood respectfully. Uh, everybody moved along, you know, while maintaining social distancing. And, Jeremy, when I got into the uh, foyer area, I noticed there was a woman ahead of me that I didn't really see before because it was so dark. And this woman was balancing herself as she walked unaided uh, with a cane and her umbrella. And I thought, if that doesn't reflect the American spirit, I don't know what does. Stood out in the rain for probably 90 minutes 
And she was able to just keep on going, and no matter what her physical limitations were, she was determined to vote. I, I was really so touched by that scene. Uh, have you seen things like that over the past few days? I have, Brenda, and i, I got to tell you, I'm seeing it on both sides of the uh, political spectrum. I'm seeing it everywhere, that there are people who are um, highly disabled, who are making it out and, and pushing themselves to get out and wait in these lines. Or, you know, we had someone who literally asked us to carry them into an elevator at the Board of Elections last Saturday and wanted to make it happen. And, you know, we, we, we some of these sites are so new and people are so new to this process of early voting that they'll park far away and have to walk. And I had a woman who was uh, barely able to walk with uh, two canes uh, yesterday, park in the front of the building and walk all the way around. And she said, nothing's going to stop me from voting. And so that kind of thing really, really uh, uh, speaks to my heart. I know that and, and a lot of other people. And it's just, it's been an exciting time for our community uh, to with all the rhetoric that's going on, and I spoke to this last week on the show, with all the rhetoric and, and, and nastiness and, and anger out there, it's not resonating at the polls. People are coming, being, as you said, they're staying six feet apart. I haven't seen one person with a mask uh, try to vote. Uh, I've heard here and there that we had some issues, but everyone's being respectful of one another, and they're making their voice heard. It was funny because, I mean, it's, wearing a mask is not the easiest thing to do for folks who are not accustomed to it. Uh, I've always said on this show, week after week, I'd rather wear a mask than a ventilator. But I don't particularly like to wear a mask. Although, I have to say, Jeremy, on Tuesday when it was raining and chilly and windy, it felt good to have a mask on. Um, let me ask you about what happens next. So, uh, today's the last day. Now, Monday, what happens at your office at the Board of Elections? Are these votes starting to be tallied as they come in? Or is Monday a day where you try to do everything at once? What's the process? Well, we're not waiting till Monday, Brenda. We're, we're I didn't think so. <laughs> everything that we have to do tonight, we'll be working very late, probably through the evening and through the early morning hours. Our our staff is, I just can't say enough about them. They've been facilitating this election throughout the county, but also downtown, working hard, taking voters in at the door, making sure that anyone wants to vote can. We've got a lot of people who want to um who either have been contacted by a trace tester or someone who's being quarantined that has not been able to vote. We're accommodating them in a bipartisan fashion so that they don't lose the franchise. Um, we're working hard, Brenda, to get our books out to the polls after we reconcile with all of our early votes. So we won't be stopping and, and going to sleep tonight. We're working through the night, um, through tomorrow, and getting the regular polling sites together uh, for Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Let's talk about some of the key races, and obviously the, the biggest one that's uh, consumed people for months and months now is the uh, the race for the presidency. And uh, what do you say, Jeremy, you're a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, obviously. What do you say to the critics of Joe Biden who say he's been in government service for decades, almost five decades? What has he really done to make a difference? What's your response to that? I think you can. I can sit here and tick off a dozen things he's done, and I, I think it's not true to say he hasn't got anything done. You can talk about the Affordable Care Act, uh, getting health insurance for t tens of thousands of people who didn't have it, working on the uh, auto bailout, uh, saving GM, the cancer moonshot, all these things that he has been able to accomplish just over the last decade. I think uh, the, the real question is, what has President Trump done? You know, Brenda, I, 
I had the entire media over to ECDC headquarters the day that the president was sworn in. And I got to tell you that I, I felt a little nervous at that point because we had the great deal maker here, Donald Trump. Um, I was I was a little uh, hopeful that he was going to get things moving. You know, I know why he was elected. He was elected because people were tired of politicians and they wanted change and they wanted government to work for them. And he got elected and he had a Republican Senate and a Republican Congress and he was the great deal maker and he fell on his face and couldn't get anything done for this country. He didn't get anything done for infrastructure. He promised to get rid of Obamacare and have something better. We're still all waiting for that. Um, you know, that's what people need to really take a look at over the next uh, 48 hours. Well, President Trump's supporters, Jeremy, will say that he really got the economy booming. Taxes were cut. People were working. Uh, you don't agree with that position? I don't. I mean, you can say economy all you'd like, but the economy was on a, a upswing when he took over. And he had the full federal government at his fingertips to really make things working. Instead, he's trying to take away health care from those who have pre-existing conditions. Instead, he's repealing all of these EPA standards, which kept our water and, and environment safe. And instead, he's punishing states like New York uh, with raising our taxes and taking our health care away. I, I think that is really what people are taking a look at when they go to the polls. I've heard many Republicans who just are not satisfied with him and are changing their mind. And I think you're going to see that on Tuesday. He's done some unprecedented things, however, like uh, moving the uh, the embassy to Jerusalem in Israel and uh, actually meeting and talking with Kim Jong-un, who nobody has been able to, to meet with. Uh, does any of that, I mean, nothing is black and white in our world, Jeremy, but does any of that give you pause to say, well, maybe we should give this guy a little bit of credit? Or do you feel like there are too many other things that override that? I think there are too many other things, and I'm not one who's going to just sit here and say every single thing that he has done has been horrible, but every single thing he has done is clouded with the complete failure of the federal government to come up with a plan for COVID-19 from day one, the fact that he lied to the American public by not telling people how severe this thing was to try to protect us from all getting nervous. We don't get nervous. We prepare. We get things done. Um, I, I think his colossal failure with this pandemic has really driven uh, people to the polls over the last week. Uh, I just got a text from somebody, uh, Nick in Niagara Falls. Thanks for texting in. And he said he just drove by a polling place in the falls. There are about 50 umbrellas lined up in the pouring rain. So it really speaks to how inspired people are to uh, to come out and cast that ballot. Uh, Jeremy, just a couple of minutes left. Uh, your impressions of how the Nate McMurray, Chris Jacobs race is going. And we should mention that Dwayne Whitmer is in the race as well in the, on the Libertarian line. Well, I think this race should not be close given the demographics. But Nate McMurray has worked so hard to get out there and let people know about his independence. Um, he's gotten out there to let people know he cares about them when they're when they're um, when he's out into their communities. You know, we've had Democrats come out and vote in areas of that district that we've never seen. He's got crossover appeal with with independents and, and moderate Republicans. You're going to see a real tight race on Tuesday. And tell me about some of the other key races that uh, you and the Democratic Party are looking at. Uh, obviously, it looks like Brian Higgins will absolutely crush his opponent, uh, a gentleman named Ricky Donovan. Uh, <laughs> Brian could be in there for life, don't you think, Jeremy? 
Well, he's done a terrific job. That's why the Republicans can never field a strong candidate against him, because time and time again, he's delivered for Western New York, whether it's uh, fighting with NIPA to get the funding we need for our waterfront or helping uh, Roswell Park, Congressman Higgins. I think you see he delivers for us. So it's hard to to, uh, run against facts. We have two women vying for the 146th district in the New York State Assembly, Karen McMahon who uh, is serving her first term uh, in the State Assembly, uh, versus Robin Wolfgang. Uh, What are your thoughts on these two women who really uh, have some very impressive credentials behind their name as well? I'm sure you're seeing a lot in mailboxes and you're seeing a lot on television from the Republicans that are flat-out lies. You know, the Buffalo News even came out and and hammered on uh, Robin Wolfgang and and the opponent against Monica Wallace for preying on people's fears and distorting the good that for instance, bail reform is doing. So Karen McMahon's record speaks for herself. You're going to have Ray Walter on. The voters tossed him out because he did nothing while he was there. Democrats want to govern. Karen has passed four bills in the Assembly since she's been there, delivered tens of thousands of dollars to the Amherst community in Pendleton. She's getting the job done, and I think she's going to get rewarded with two more years on Tuesday. We've only got a minute left, and I have uh, a text question that I think is really pertinent, Jeremy. Let's go back to the voting process. Uh, the texter asks, how do you verify absentee ballots were received? Um, well, we receive them. We receive them in, and we make sure that everything matches up, their signatures, their addresses, their names, and that they're properly signed and dated. And then we, uh, we file them, and then we make sure that that person didn't early vote or vote in person. And if they haven't, then those ballots are ready to go to be counted. Uh, we start doing that about 13 days after Election Day so that we can verify all that stuff. Well, no doubt about it, this week will be an exciting one and uh, I'm sure a contentious one as uh, we get closer and closer to that pivotal date in our history. Jeremy Zellner. Jeremy is the Erie County Board of Elections Democratic Commission and, of course, the chairman of the Erie County Democratic Party. Thank you so much for taking time to join me today, Jeremy. Thank you, Brenda. Stay warm and dry and have a great weekend, okay? Go Bills. Go Bills, absolutely. Uh, Coming up next, Ray Walter will join us. Ray's name is a familiar one, of course. He is the former assemblyman, and Ray is the current vice chairman of the Erie County Republican Committee. Much more to come, including your calls and texts. And welcome back to Hardline on this November 1st edition, right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, we talked with uh, Erie County Democratic Chairman Jeremy Zellner in the first half hour. In just a moment, we'll speak with uh, Ray Walter, kind enough to take time out of a Sunday morning. He's the New York State, former New York State Assemblyman and current vice chair of the Erie County Republican Committee. In the 11 o'clock hour, political strategist Carol Calabrese will chime in. And at 11.30, a familiar name to this show, Professor Kevin Hardwick, uh, and also an Erie County legislator. Did you ever notice people seem to have dual roles? (laughs) Well, I certainly do. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Joe Beamer is off this weekend. uh, And I'm so happy to be here to talk about just this momentous election, which is coming up in less than 48 hours. And joining me now, Ray Walter. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you taking the time. And... Uh, so much to dive into as we approach Election Day, Ray. And as Vice Chairman of the Erie County Republican Committee, what are some of your responsibilities as it relates to Election Day? 
you know, we, in, a, in a year like this where we have uh, state assembly races and state senate races around the, the area and in, in Erie County, we're working with the candidates and coordinating volunteers and lit drops and get out the vote efforts uh, all, all the time just to make sure that, the, the, you know, our candidates' message is heard and that we get our voters to the polls. And what has the response been, in your opinion, so far? Based on what Jeremy Zellner told us and what our news department is reporting, it's really been a, a huge outpouring of people, just 13,000 alone yesterday. What are you seeing? A lot of people excited to vote. Certainly in a presidential year, you're going to see the largest turnout of, of the cycle of any of the four years. And, uh, and we're seeing that this year especially. I think the excitement around reelecting President Trump is is. Uh, catching fire across the country. Uh, we've seen massive rallies that he's held in, throughout Pennsylvania over the last yesterday. It's incredible the, uh, the outpouring of support that he's generating amongst all voters. Uh, it's amazing. It's kind of tiring just watching uh, the candidates barnstorm through these key states, and yet they are maintaining an incredible pace. Uh, what do you think the president needs to hang his hat on, Jeremy? Because he's really taken a lot of criticism uh, from many corners about the way the COVID crisis has been handled. So notwithstanding COVID for the moment, what else do you think the president should hang his hat on? Oh, he's got an impressive record. I mean, we had a booming economy until the China virus hit. Ta historic tax reform, uh, closed regulation, you know, closed... Uh, a lot of red tape, uh, lowest unemployment in, in my lifetime, uh, increased wages for workers across the board, uh, helping, you know, uh, working women, uh, African-Americans, Latinos, all have seen, all have seen great gains uh, through the economic policies of this president. He put China on notice that they couldn't take advantage of us in trade deals anymore. Uh, and historic peace agreements with the Sudan, with Sudan, Bahrain, United Arab Emirates, well, with Israel. Uh, so uh, he has a, a lot to hang his hat on, uh, and you know we we need to make sure that we get through uh, this virus. We are uh, poised with the with the work that he's done with this project Warp Speed to get a um, a, a uh, um, to get the virus cured. And so, you know, we are we are poised to regain the momentum that the president had uh, going into this. COVID rates are up uh, and there's concern that because there are so many mass gatherings and even those who are going to the polls, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of people in close contact. What is your view of how the president has handled the pandemic thus far? You know, he, I'll just use the words that Dr. Fauci used. I mean, he has done everything that the experts have asked him to do. He wanted, and some people don't like his rhetoric. That's fine, but let's look at, at what he's done. This has been a worldwide pandemic. This has had tragic effects throughout the world. Um, but th this president shut down the border, shut down uh, the border with China uh, as soon as he possibly could and was criticized by it by Democrats calling him xenophobic. But he took that bold move and did that early. Um, he geared up the, the nation to produce PPE and ventilators at, at rates unheard of using the Defense Production Act uh, and, and working with the private sector to produce the equipment we needed to fight uh, this virus. And, uh, you know, he has done what he's had to do uh, 
but we can't shut down. I mean, Joe Biden can stay in the basement and campaign from his basement if he wants to. But we need to keep America working. I mean, we can't stay home and hide. It's just it's, we have to make sure that the economy keeps going. The damage that we can do to this economy and to the people affected by the, uh, the downturn in the economy is worse than what the virus can do. Ray, this morning, uh, Republican Senator Rick Scott said that the U.S. has not beaten the coronavirus pandemic, as the President Trump is claiming uh, that the country is rounding the corner and that only four states are trending down in COVID-19 cases. Uh, and, and Scott even said on CNN that he's urging all people to wear masks and practice social distancing. In the meantime, the president was in Pennsylvania Saturday pushing claims to try to convince voters the coronavirus pandemic is improving, even though there are new cases, and hospitalizations and test positivity rates are increasing. So how do you jibe those two concepts uh, with your support of the, uh, the president? Listen, we need to make sure we take precautions. We have to make sure we wear masks. We have to social distance when we can, certainly when we're inside. Um, you know, we, we know those things that we need to do and we need to protect the people who are most vulnerable. Uh, you know, we have learned a lot about this virus over the last nine months and we have seen how, uh, the results for those being treated by the virus have improved by 85%. Um, so yes, yes, it is still an issue. Yes, we have to address it. I think the president has done what he can. Remember, this is a worldwide pandemic. We're seeing increased rates in European nations and, and elsewhere. So this isn't something that uh, we can just pin on the president, that this is his fault. This is a worldwide issue brought to us from China that, you know, the president has done everything that he can do to make sure that we are, are treating the virus the right way. By the way, Ray, I called you Jeremy. My apologies. Um, and we will go to the phone lines right now. Uh, Clarence is our stop. Tony is on the line. Good morning, Tony. Yeah, this morning at 6 or 7 o'clock, I got listening to the radio and, of course, I listened to WBEN, which all the best news. Stanford University has done a study of all of these political rallies that the president has, has conducted over the last few weeks, months, whatever, and has, con and has concluded that over 90,000 COVID cases have been, have been uh, found to have found their way through these so-called rallies. So the president not only lies about everything, but he lies about the fact that he's infecting, helping to infect other people. The other night, he went in Wisconsin, I believe it was, he allowed the elderly people to come walk or get in the bus to come three miles to his rally. He was there 20 minutes. The, the elderly people of that rally did not have transportation back to their vehicles. because And they were there sitting and waiting. Seven people went to the hospital in ambulances. Others were treated. This is not a president who gives a DAM about the people of the United States. He cares about number one, Mr. Trump. That's it. He's, he's got to have his ego stroked. There's no doubt about it. And by the way, I told you before, uh, Brenda, that he actually knew about this virus and that it was going to hit this country way back in December. And on January 28th, 
Well, I think it was a guy named Gates in his administration told him that this be one of the, the things he was going to have to get through. And he didn't listen to that person or anybody else. And let me have uh, let me have Ray respond to uh, to your points, Tony. Thank you very much for the call, Tony. That's I mean, I, was that Tony or was that Rachel Maddow? I, I mean, are we listening to MSNBC? I mean, this is the problem. The fake news media pumps these people full of this nonsense, and and then they spew it back like it's the gospel. It's just not the case. Uh, the reality is, that President Trump has done what he can do. Uh, again, produced record amounts of PPE, ventilators, shut down the border with China. Uh, you know, Project Warp Speed to to uh, to cure this virus and uh, and stop this pandemic. We're we're close to to uh, finding that the cure that we need to fix this uh, for the entire world. And so, uh, you know, we can we can hear about these crazy studies and this nonsense that you listen to on MSNBC, but but the reality is that this this president created one of the greatest economies uh, that this country has ever seen, lowest unemployment. And we need to make sure that he's reelected for another four years so he can bring us back from this virus that we got from China and fix, uh, fix everything going forward. Well, Ray, to be fair, I don't think Rick Scott would be uh, an MS- MSNBC spokesperson. Uh, so is, isn't, it, isn't it fair to say that everybody is allowed to criticize? I mean, there's no absolutes with any candidate. Of course not. No. And, and yeah, there, some of the rhetoric that the, that the president talks about the, the, that comes out of the president, I don't I disagree with. But regardless of the rhetoric, let's look at the policies and the policies, as Dr. Fauci said, have come right from the scientists, right from the CDC. And they've done the, the administration has done everything that that's been asked of them to do. Bye. Let's uh, let's change topics for a moment, Ray. Uh, not only do you. Um... Uh, have quite a uh, history in the political world, but you're an attorney as well. And I was curious what you thought about uh, the nomination and the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, I mean, I think Amy Coney Barrett's one of the most qualified nominees uh, and now associate Supreme Court justices that we've ever seen. She's uh, got an incredible intellect. Um, People on both sides of the aisle, clerks, uh, Supreme Court clerks, where she was a Supreme Court clerk for... uh, Justice Scalia, but court clerks from both sides uh, of the uh, political spectrum, uh, uh, Democratic appointees and Republican appointees, all praised her, uh, her legal mind. And, and, you know, I think that uh, we're going to see great things from her. Did you think it was fair the way the process took place uh, in light of what happened when Obama was in and his candidate or his, you know, nominee, was that able to get confirmed? Well, I think Mitch McConnell said it the best. I mean, at that time, you had a, a divided government. You had a Democratic president and a Republican Senate. The Republican Senate, uh, Supreme Court appointments are, with, are appointed by the president with advice and consent of the Senate. The Senate did not provide their advice and consent with Merrick Garland. Garland, in this case, uh, elections have consequences. We have a Republican president and a Republican Senate. And the president nominated, and the and the Senate confirmed the appointment. That's as simple as that. Uh, Ray, there's been a lot of talk, of course, about the way Governor Cuomo has handled the uh, the pandemic in our state. And uh, the one thing that kind of irritates me is this whole thing about allowing Bills fans back in the stadium, and how he says he has to physically come here and inspect the stadium. You know, and I watch football. I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, and I watch football week in and week out. And you see fans in other stadiums and if they can get it done in a socially distant responsible way 
Um, and I have not heard of big outbreaks because of people attending games. Why can't it be done in Buffalo? And why does he have to come here? Have you had any discussion with uh, your Democratic counterparts about the this whole process? Uh, no, but this is typical. I mean, this is the, a governor uh, that you know wants to control every aspect of our lives, and and he's uh, proven that. Um, and and you know the idea that he needs to come here. He's been to the stadium before. Uh, he knows what it looks like. He knows the setup. This. Uh, and the idea that he would be the expert to be able to determine uh, how people could come in and safely watch the Bills game is absolutely absurd. But that's what this is about. This is about control. This is about a dictator who wants to tell everybody exactly what they can do with every aspect of their lives. Ray, it looks like we uh, touched a nerve here because I'm getting a lot of text on the text board about your comments about the president and COVID. So I want to go back to that for a moment. A texter writes in, uh, in the tapes from February, President Trump knew COVID was passed by breathing, yet he not only did not discourage mask wearing, but actually mocked people for wearing them. Using an example like Herman Cain, who attended Trump's Tulsa rally without a mask and later died of COVID. Doesn't, make this, doesn't that make Trump responsible for many COVID deaths? It did not have to happen. How do you respond to that? Uh, you know, the, I, I think that, uh, you know, that is, like I said, you know, some of the rhetoric of the president I might not agree with, but those policies regarding mask wearing and uh, are derived from the states. We have a federalist system. The states administer the policies. Uh, the federal government doesn't. The federal government's there to support the states. Uh, president Trump has offered great support to New York State. Uh, whether it be the, the ship Comfort or how they rebuild the Javits Center in New York City. He's provided ventilators and equipment and money to, to the businesses and people of New York State, and you know, he's done what he's had to do. But you know, we know how New Yorkers, New York's going to go in the presidential election. I'd love to talk about some of these local races where we're going to see Republican victories. Uh, please do. Uh, Ray, what about the Ed Rath, Jackie Berger race for New York State Senate District 61? Uh, Ed Rath got a proven record of fighting for taxpayers in, uh, in the Erie County Legislature. Uh, he has been taking his message across the 61st District, and I'm confident that uh, Ed is going to be victorious on Election Day. He's going to get a sh- really strong vote out of Genesee County and um, Clarence and Newstead and uh, parts of Monroe County. So, uh, as, as well as the town of Amherst, where he's, his, he and his family name uh, carry a lot of weight. Political novice uh, Robin Wolfgang is running against Karen McMahon, who is the Democrat incumbent. Uh, do you think a newcomer can make a difference? Absolutely. I think Robin Wolfgang is a great candidate. Uh, she has a lot of experience, is certainly going to represent the values of Western New York in the New York State Assembly. And face it, I mean, they basically bought Karen McMahon's seat for her. Two years ago, they spent over $700,000 to get her elected, and, uh, and they don't have the resources to back that up. She was bought and paid for by the New York City politicians, and her voting record is far, far more liberal than Western New Yorkers um, are, are used to. So you know, whether it be bail reform or late-term abortions, these are the things. These, these Democrats from Erie County get elected, get elected, and then go off to Albany and then become tools of the New York City liberals. And it's almost like Groundhog Day, Ray, with uh, yet another race between uh, New York 27 congressional uh, congressman, I should say, Chris Jacobs versus his opponent, Nate McMurray. Uh, can Chris Jacobs win this election? 
Chris Jacobs will be reelected. And there's no doubt about that. Uh, we saw in the uh, in the in the special election and in the primary that Chris has a lot of support throughout the 27th district. Again, somebody who represents the values of the people that he's working for. Uh, Nate McMurray represents the values of AOC and Nancy Pelosi. That's not what people in New York 27 uh, are, are going to vote for. And Chris Jacobs will win very comfortably. Ray Walter, former New York State Assemblyman, current vice chairman of the Erie County Republican Committee. Ray, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brenda. Great talking to you. My pleasure. And at the 11 o'clock hour, we'll talk with Carol Calabrese. And then at 1130, we'll talk with uh, Kevin Hardwick. Of course, your texts and calls are most welcome. 716-803-0930. I'm Brenda Alacy. Much more to come on Hardline. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 